Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. I, I think today we're going to do kind of an off-the-cuff off um, questions and answers for each other, mm-hmm. which I will admit is one of my favorite things. I like being quizzed, uh, but I'm also <laughs> aware that this, is, that this is a little bit heavier of a topic. So, yes. um, as a little girl in the car, <laughs> going to bed at night, quiz me, quiz me. As a little girl... Oh, yes. I still like that. Oh, no, I know day. that. I'm just saying as a little girl, it all started with your dad. He loved question yeah. g- games, eh? Yeah. Um, Name me three. Yeah. It yeah. Was just, it was always something wonderful. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the most frequent questions that we get, uh, kind of a disbelief question, almost type comment, is how do you live with these gifts? Yep. And it's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've touched on it in other podcasts, especially toward the beginning of, of this series. Um, but I think there's always more, there's always more curiosity. And like, I think you said it best mom before we flipped on, you know, the recording button. If I wasn't me, I'd be curious too. Oh yeah. So, uh, we, we thought it was important to, to address it. Okay. Over and over again. So we're going to quiz each other. Uh, Sure. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And, and I've asked you some of these questions before, so we'll go back and forth. Well, and I think also, um, the fun part of the quiz (laughs) Is that uh, we do uh, give the opportunity to the other person to answer the question, but we also answer our own sometimes as well. Yes. So we'll leave that open for both of us. Is that fair? Yep. Okay. Can I ask my first question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like prepping, doing stretches here. <laughs> Stretching out your neck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you use all six gifts um, in all of your abilities. Which of the gifts do you find fun well, it was very vague um which one do you enjoy well I love all of them so I can you which ask me a better favorite? question favorite okay that's different which is your favorite I think my favorite is the auditory part okay um and the reason I I choose that one because I think everyone gravitates towards sight maybe that's just a bias um on my part I like auditory because um it's the thing that allows my inflection of my voice to change hmm. uh, to sound like the person I'm channeling. Uh, it also allows me to, not just the inflection, it allows me to use their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they spoke in an uneducated type vocabulary, if they spoke in, um, you know, uh, they had old sayings, you know, that I wouldn't have been alive for at that time. All of that auditory stuff allows me to take on those characteristics of how a person spoke to the client in front of me. And I think that really uh, allows them to develop a, a larger sense of trust um, and a deeper deeper belief or a deeper faith. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, I, and, and therefore, a deeper connection. Okay. So auditory for me um, seems to be the most fun because it can be conveyed in so many different ways through the body, but it all starts with me hearing it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick um, being the hollow bone today where I actually feel everything in my body mm-hmm. um, that another person has. So if a person's passed over, I'll just pick that one first as medium. If they had an aneurysm, that I feel the aneurysm. Mm-hmm. And that if I say and hold my head and go, oh my God, my head's blowing up. Um, I've got your mom and she says it's stroke or aneurysm. And the person says, yes, my mom had strokes and, and an aneurysm. Well, that so, you're feeling it. 
Okay, I want to stop you there. So which would you qualify that as the six senses? I don't know. To me, that's none of them. And the question to me yeah, was, okay. what of the six senses is your favorite? Oh, that's so, true. So I stepped right outside of the six senses. You're unfair level here. Oh, I did. Okay, I'll back Let's it up. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back? Ooh, yellow card. <laughs> okay. How about... Oh, I still like that one. But, I'll, but okay. Yeah, and empath is huge. And I, th- and yeah, I adore empath. that one. Okay. If, we're, if, you know, answer the question you actually asked. Okay. Then I'm going to pick sight right now okay. because of this morning where I had a client long distance and I saw a, her stroke. Mm-hmm. We had a ding in the background, eh? The Why? Fairy, is that the fairy world? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or is that just a computer? Okay. <laughs> Am I forgetting something? Um, I saw her stroke. So I was able to see the gray mass in the center part and all the pink healing that she had done on the outside of the stroke. And then I said to her, geez. So medical intuitive. Yeah. <laughs> So for medical intuitive, but I'm saying the sight part where I actually got to see it. We actually was able right. to say to somebody over a telephone, you've had a stroke. The scan. And, yes. The yeah. And see the body and say, and you have this going on in the vertebrae mm-hmm. and go all the way down and tell her which vertebrae are out because I'm looking at her spine. And her able to say to me, yes, C3 goes out all the time. I see a chiropractor. I'll, I'm going to pick seeing today. I don't pick it every day because I don't think seeing is always the best one, but sometimes it's, it, 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 uh, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another question? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, what, what do you like remote viewing? Do I like remote viewing? Oh, um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to leave, um, I'm going to give my own interpretation to the word like. Because I think some people think it's an enjoyable experience if I like doing it. Uh, but I like remote viewing conversations. I like, Me too. Yeah. Sorry. So it's not about, I think a lot of people think that remote viewing is places. Mm-hmm. So they want me to describe their home and they want me to describe mm-hmm. their backyard. And that's all, that's all great. Um, and that is a lot of fun as well, but to remote view a conversation that was had between, you know, two or more people, um, I think is very unique because you, you can serve as a different witness mm-hmm. or a different kind of witness mm-hmm. um, to what was said, how it was said, and, and sometimes where, because that's important too. Um, yeah, it gives a, a different kind of validation and support yeah. uh, to what's happened if something is trying to be solved or if feelings are trying to be clarified. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to join you with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say that one of the best experiences I've ever had with remote viewing was finding a missing people. Um, and the second to that is when you, when I've been able to remote view sex abuse Uh and that someone has come in and known that it occurred or suspected that it occurred Uh and that they needed the validation Uh And that, and that it's the person themselves, it's the victim themselves, yeah. where someone else says, no, I didn't do that to you, or you're, you're, you're exaggerating, mm-hmm. or you're, you're lying, or that's your story. And they come in, and I'm a, to- a person they've never met, and that I'm able to validate, as you said, where it happened, what they were wearing, mm-hmm. all, all kinds of, th- you know, yeah. it could be a campus versus a house, it could be... Uh, the back of a car versus a hotel room Mm -hmm. 
like and all these these different things but that for the person that has been violated um how important it is for them for the very first time to hear my uncle did do this to me my aunt did do this to me my grandfather did because they might have been three years old or four years old and because no one has ever supported that that they've known it um and they wanted maybe to do something even if it is just to say it to someone else so they can grieve and start healing but that they're afraid to even bring it up. Mm -hmm. So to come here and have somebody who's a complete stranger bring it up and validate it and and be able to give specific information and perhaps even describe the person who did it, Mm -hmm. um, that what what that can do to somebody to heal, what that can do so that they can come out feeling crazy, mixed up, confused, in not just that aspect of their life, been in other aspects of their life because that is a a basis that confounds you. I think that's a perfect example of why I said that you can interpret the term like. Oh, I love that. That is not enjoyable. That is a terrifying message to be able to give to someone, to have to give to someone. Yeah. Um, Can can I continue for a sec? You know what? Years ago when I first started doing this, I was doing Reiki and I remember... Whenever I would go to do energy healing and therapeutic touch, the first two modalities I learned. And I remember when somebody would come into the room and I would touch them, their, their feet, my hands would burn. And then I would hear sexual abuse. And I would say, you know, I'm trying to learn how to do this. Do you mind if I ask you some questions to see if it's right or wrong? And thank God for the people back in, you know, 10 years ago that were helping me. And they, I would say, I'm being told there's a sexual abuse. You don't have to answer me. Um, if you don't want, and I'm crossing a boundary, but if it's right, could you help me understand it? Cause I'm getting the sensation of burning in my hands and over and over again, I would hear, no, that's correct. And then another thing that would happen is I would put my hands over their ears and I would hear all the things they've heard. Mm-hmm. You son of a bitch kid, get out of this kitchen. And I'd hear the things the parent had screamed mm-hmm. and it really is a witness and I think, but not in the sense of just eyes. You have to use all of the other senses. They all have to come together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But bearing witness. Yeah. Okay. Have you got a question? Um, I, I can. Okay. I can think of one. Um, what's it like for you when you can't see information for yourself? In what way? I don't understand. Well, people come for psychic information for things that are happening in the future to have things validated from the past. You know, they come for many reasons. So when you can't pick up on information for yourself Uh or you don't see things coming, Mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad, Mm -hmm. what is that like? How, how, what do you feel? Well, I, I sometimes really angry that I can get information for other people and not for myself. Um, sometimes grateful because maybe it all has to play out in order and it's not all about me. It might happen to me, but it might be for somebody else to experience something. Um, sometimes confused, um, and sad depending, depending on what the situation is. So if it's Mm -hmm. a, if it's a challenging situation, then maybe all those things, if it's something maybe that's nice for me, 
I know sometimes I've asked the guides certain questions and they said, can you just wait? Could you just let us delight and surprise you? You want to know, but we want to delight and surprise you. And it's like, then I have to trust. Mm -hmm. And I think like other people, you still might wonder something, but you have to trust that if it's written in your path, then you're trusting the process, you're trusting right place, right time or whatever. So I think I feel what everybody else feels. You can feel excited about it. You can feel anxious because you're excited for too long. Yeah. And then sometimes I forget all about it. <laughs> Thank God. Mm -hmm. Maybe at my age, that's one of the nice things about being forgetful is that you forget and you get into life and then you kind of come back to it. So I think, I think, oh, it's all mixed up. Mm -hmm. That answer. How about you? Well, I was going to ask you kind of a part two in what it does to your faith in your own gifts. Oh, oh, I, oh, I've had lots of challenges with faith in these gifts. And I ask. Oh, incredibly. I ask because, again, trying to come from a, an outsider's perspective as yeah. much as I can. Um, I think some people think was, there's just an unwavering faith. Because it, I can be wrong and a client can tell me that I'm wrong. I can be, I could give you information and be wrong. I can have information about myself and be completely wrong. So I remember at the beginning when, when trying to use these gifts, how, how I, oh my God, I cried. Mm -hmm. I cried whether I got it wrong for somebody else or equally if I got it wrong for you or for me. I felt heartbroken. I didn't want to hurt another person. And the last thing I would ever want to do is hurt my own children. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to be hurt by myself. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's so difficult because you have to feel the anger and the hurt and the disappointment in yourself. But then it's like, okay, how do you, like, you have to pick yourself back up again. Mm -hmm. I've had to pick myself up a million times, not just one, not just once in a year. It's, it's, it's every day. I asked the question, you know, for a lot of different reasons, and I, it makes me think of different professions because right, so many other professions are yep. permitted to be wrong. Uh, and I'm, you know, the first one that comes to mind is a meteorologist. Um, oh, the weatherman. Yeah, yeah that's, absolutely. But, and we can joke about that, but so many times where doctors are wrong and we, we can get angry, but don't maybe necessarily extend ourselves to know that they might be angry with themselves mm -hmm. and how much they might then pour themselves into re-educating themselves afterwards so they don't make the same mistake again. Yeah. Um, and when we are not that professional ourselves, there can be big assumptions of, um, well, I was wrong, oh well, and keep going. Um, and, you know, we don't, we don't walk away from the gifts. We don't walk away from our profession similarly to a doctor doesn't just walk away because he was wrong with one patient. But sometimes there can be a demand from our clients uh, of if you're wrong once, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I was curious to, to be able to illustrate for others the process that we go through. Oh, Kelly, I remember trying to find a missing man uh, over a period of a week, one summer, a few years ago where the family trusted me every day, called every day, over a week, working for hours with them on the phone with a, with a whole city <laughs> uh, police department. They were, and the person who was missing gave me such accurate information. They were able, able to validate how correct it was, his favorite places to eat, where he worked, where he went on his coffee breaks, even when he went missing, 
different stores he went to, what he bought in those stores. He told me everything. His spirit was telling me everything. And the day that I thought I was finding him was the day he successfully committed suicide. And uh, the family called and said, while you had us all go to his favorite place to have a, a, a break and be peaceful, he was off over here and committed suicide. Why would you ever do that to us? Mm-hmm. And I, I was so distraught. Oh, I just remember I couldn't work. I was crying. I was just devastated that I could get information correct for a whole five to seven days of everything about his family, his wife, his kids, everything right, right to the point of what, I, what to find him that very last moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I remembered thinking or going through this and thinking, I shouldn't be doing this. If I can't get it right 100% of the time, 100% every single day, all day, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I remember the the husband saying, or the man's brother and sister-in-law were the ones that calling me. And I remember his brother saying to me, we firmly believe in the deepest part of our soul that you've given us 100% accurate information to one point. And there has to be a reason he had us sitting in his favorite place the day in the moment he died. There has to be, we have to believe that it was his path to do this and that you were not allowed to interfere. And I just remembered thinking, right, what made me think I was God? What made me think that I should be able to save a life? If it was meant to be, nobody was going to be able to do this. And I remember afterwards when he passed and I was channeling him and I said, why did you do this? And he said, who the hell do you think you are, Karen Sarlo? Mm-hmm. You're not God. You, I gave you the information I wanted you to give. You did what you were supposed to do. That's it. End of story. Mm -hmm. I, my path was to suicide and I did it. I kept the contract with my own soul and so on and so on. So yeah, you can, you can get caught up in the fact that you think you've done something horrible and then maybe later you find out was beyond your control or Mm -hmm. won't say a suicide worked out right. I don't know how to word that. Well, we, we talk about soul contracts all the time. And yeah. that was what was written into his contract. Yep, that I wasn't inter- to interfere. Yeah. But that my ego can get in there. And, and I think people would love for me to get eaten up by my ego. <laughs> so that, or some people. So that you, we, people with these gifts wouldn't do them. Well, yeah, because you would just be an information machine. Mm-hmm. There would be no integrity in, in the path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a... More than satisfactory answer. What about back at you? What do I feel like when I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think you illustrated a very extreme example, which I'm I'm thankful for. That was great. Um, and and how you can feel, like you said, distraught. Um, there's little messages too. Not little. Pardon me. That's wrong. Messages that seem a little bit less significant, I guess. Uh, Mm. details about maybe the curl of their hair or if it's straight or something that you're kind of like shit why am I seeing that wrong if I can see your eye color Mm -hmm. Um, there isn't a full understanding of the gifts uh, and I think maybe that's where you're talking about not being eaten up by your ego and that they really are just gifts then it's not on demand which I think you said in the last podcast Mm -hmm. Um, that they show you what they want to show you and that's it. You don't, you don't get to necessarily always pick. And I know we go back and fight with them and say, well, what about this? Can you answer this question? 
Um, but ultimately, you know, I'm not the boss. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people think we are the boss, that we yeah. get to say to the spirit world, show us your hair color, show us your eyes, show us, show us the way you walked, blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. maybe TV says it that way, but nobody understands when the cameras aren't on or what they've edited. Mm-hmm. or how maybe it was wrong, but you don't get to see all of that. I don't know what you get to see in TV or in movies, but they, I, I would hope at some point that you get to see all of it uncut so that you can see when we are wrong, when we do apologize, or when we're not wrong. Mm-hmm. And someone says we are, and then they come back and say, you said her hair was really curly, and I said it wasn't, it was wavy. And But I saw pictures of her, and it was really curly. It was when she was younger. It went yeah. wavy when she hit her 40s and went through menopause. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you you do get you do get some of that sometimes afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think back to the, the question, like, it can be debilitating each day. Oh, yeah. Um, for, you know, for, well, as long as you let it, and then you just kind of have to pick yourself back up and see the next client. And you get your more affirmations and more affirmations that you're correct. And, and you, you keep going, you keep trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like an ultimate lesson in perseverance. Well, and when, it, when there is something that happens, Kelly, where I'll say it's wrong information, accompanying that is always a lesson for me. Mm-hmm. So I would always go back and want to work at that. And, and maybe if you're likening it to the surgeon or to a therapist or a carpenter, if you, and I'm just picking random careers, but if something is wrong, if you've done something wrong, what is your character? Mm-hmm. Does your, is your character something where you say you got it wrong, you, you ditch it, or you say, ah, it's fine as is, and you keep using it? Yeah. Or you say, ah, botch the surgery, sew him back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, like, there, I think in each career, you, it's just your character as to what you do with that. Mm-hmm. And my character is such to say, what can I learn? Mm -hmm. And how do I do it better so that for each person, or is there a better? Sometimes is it where this is just something I am supposed to laugh at and giggle. And it is part of the character for me to be able to do that too. It doesn't always have to be that I have to get in and find a lesson and suffer through something. Can it be, can there be a fun sandbox here too? Mm -hmm. That's fair. Do you have another question? Um, I don't off the top of my head, but I can think of one. Sure. Um, I want to ask you what it's like dating. Uh, well, can you clarify what dating is? Oh. Because this is, uh, this is something I've learned, that different generations understand dating very differently. Yeah, that's and, fair. Um, Do you date anymore? Maybe that's a different podcast show. Well, no. <laughs> Oh, um, Does still, anybody date I, anymore? I still need clarification about what dating means. Oh, okay. Because I have a partner. Okay, uh, never mind. I'm going to reword this. Okay. I'm going to totally back it up. When you meet somebody, I think we're asked this all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you always get something about that person? So we're not talking about dating. We're just talking no. about people in general. Yes. I'm going to go that way because it's a very commonly asked question. Do I always get something? Yeah. So, so I'm going to remove the general, dating stuff. General information. Yeah. No. Okay. Not always. Okay. Um, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe it just becomes so normal that I don't think about it. My answer was going to be yes, I yeah, always do. Because I'm just thinking when I reach my hand out or they look at me, I can see, yep. I can f- hear their thoughts. I can feel their emotions. Yes. Yeah. I think my first thought goes to 
do I get one of their loved ones? And I get the, I get the question mixed up in my own head. Oh. Because I always go straight to medium because everyone asks about medium first. Oh, yeah. So I want to change my answer. I want to say, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, and it's not about dead loved ones. It's, right. it's about their own personality. It's about their yes. own habits. It's about, about their own fears and their thoughts and emotions. Yeah. So yes, 100% each time I even look at someone. Yes. And do you find it's a cascade of all of the information? Yes. As do I. Yeah. So when meeting someone, even for the first time, even if it's just over the telephone, um, it can be where there's a combination of all of the gifts. I get medical stuff very fast, Uh Um, hearing their thoughts. Um, Not always loved ones right off the bat. Uh Um, But I think it's, and sometimes I wonder if, is it because I'm more in, like I'm more interested in the human body and their energy field. Um, so quite often I get like where they have pain, but I think that's partly because my empathic stuff is tuned up so high and I feel it. Mm-hmm. And quite often I feel all of their pain before well, I it hits even... you like a brick. Oh yeah. Because if I don't have any in my body and they have a sore finger, then my finger's now throbbing and it's like, oh my God, I've got a throbbing finger. Well, that's, if that's really at a place in your own life, you really pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you another question. Sure. How come you don't end up at Emerge every day? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, when you feel all this pain, so many times, Kelly, I want to sit at Emerge. Well, you and I have talked about this, and I, one of, I've expressed that one of my fears is that you're actually going to have a heart attack one day. Oh, I would never know. You won't go to the hospital because <laughs> you'd be like, oh, it's just a client. It'll be, it'll be my one o'clock, and I'll find you dead on the floor. Um, I don't know how I don't end up at Emerge every day. I think perhaps watching you, um, since I was, you know, 13, where I'd watch you nap and I'd watch you and listen, of course, uh, to you talk about something you were feeling. Then I'd see you nap and you'd get up and you would say to me, my pain is gone. I dreamt about this. It must have been someone else's. Uh, I wait and I I wait to see if the process is going to play out differently without me having to take control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the same as, I'm very aware of my back pain and my neck pain. I know when that's mine. Um, so calling the right professional to help me when, you know, I'm out or I have a knot. Um, but the little aches and pains that come around that aren't mine, I watch you in the process that you've gone through and, and I try to replicate that. Uh, and then I give it, you know, I'll say an appropriate period of time before I'm going to get it checked out myself. Yeah. I, I, I can say it's been quite a struggle for me in doing that because, um, until I met like Gina, some girlfriends that were empathic as well and trying to figure all this stuff out, I didn't, I didn't know where to place it. Mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something I understood even when I was reading Carolyn Mace and, or Miss and some like medical intuitives and stuff. Until I really started reading her stuff, I couldn't place a lot of it. It was just there in the body, so I was running to the chiropractor. I was running a lot. And having to say, um, I think this is out. And then they would say, oh, no, no, you're pretty good. This is fine. You're fine here. And think, well, why was I so sore? It didn't make sense. It really took time. And money. Oh, thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars. I could have a retirement plan. 
I, I literally probably could have a retirement plan if I didn't have to spend all the money on all the different modalities that I needed to help me figure out the gift part. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's every single week and it's, it's several times a week for the muscles. Um, not so much doctor, uh, no offense to that profession, but all of the different people who've been able to come in like chiropractors and physiotherapists having to try and figure out what a tendon feels like versus a ligament versus a bone versus a muscle um, versus veins. Because when you're a medical intuitive, you have to know how every single part and organ feels in the body in order to know where you're hurting and the other person is hurting and get it right. Okay. You good? <laughs> you went like glossy-eyed there. Yeah. Well, I just realized, Woody, well, I, you know what, Kelly? I went glossy-eyed because I think about everything that I've been through on a physical level. I think about everything that you have been through and Andrew and an ex-husband and family members and anybody, friends, anybody around me that has seen this process or, or been a part of it and the cost that's taken. Um, then I think of the financial cost that it's taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is over, oh, three decades. Um, and I, and I think about the person who wrote, uh, scam artists or, uh, someone wrote scam artists, on scam our, artists on our, our, event. Our, yeah. Um, on Facebook or something. And when, when people are mean, mm. I won't say when people are questioning because I think questioning is fabulous. Clearly we have a podcast show. Yes. That's right. But when people are outright attacking mm-hmm. um, and want to destroy, when somebody says to you, you're Satan to your face, when somebody says and tries to destroy your reputation or tries to destroy your career, mm-hmm. which is your way of making a living, which everybody understands is how important that is that you have to make a, be able to make a living. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I think of the process of everything that that you, a medical intuitive, never mind medium, psychic, and all the other things we do, goes through. It's just a lot. So glossy-eyed or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and to try still not to be angry when they do that, that people still want to see that you're taking the high road and that you are classy and that you don't attack back or that you aren't mean or that you don't hurt them. Yeah, I think this is, neat. you know, that, um, that I have to always be. Sometimes you come in the house and say, if I wish sometimes I didn't have a reputation so I could really, I could really respond the way I want sometimes when some asshole's cutting me off or yeah. somebody's been really, really outwardly bullying you mm-hmm. and you still feel like you have to have a reputation or that because you're a psychic or a medium or a healer, yeah. you're not allowed to be in a kerfuffle over anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all. Another question? Or do you want yeah. to end it there? No, go right ahead. Oh, I, yeah? The podcast was about how we live with these gifts. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. By, by all means, ask more questions about that. Okay. Did you answer that? What was the question? <laughs> I don't want to say I forget. Oh, fuck. Because Let's say I did. <laughs> Serena will call me out if I didn't. You need to redo that one. Oh, we thank the people who are regular listeners. <laughs> And then let us know when we've deviated in the podcast shows. Those amateurs. <laughs> oh, well, we are, uh, especially in doing podcasts. Um, another question. I, I guess originally I had asked you if it was difficult to date or what it was like, and I took it back. Mm. 
Because then I just asked you if you pick up things on from everyone. like yeah. from a person yeah. when you first meet them, and is it every single time? Totally answered that question. Yeah, and just that it's that it and it spiraled into how it is all. It, th- these gifts don't get to turn off. So my next question will be for those th- that don't listen to all the shows and might be just listening to this one: Do you dream about it all night? Because you know, what do you? What happens? And do you have downtime? Kind of thing. Yeah, and I've struggled with this. Um, I don't dream about it every night, all night. I have often, and especially lately, very restful, restful nights um, where I have, I'll say, normal stress dreams. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think for the most part, that's mm-hmm. what people dream about is stress. Um, but they are, they've been, they've been okay. And I do get breaks in my dreams and I, but I've also had absolute nightmares and, uh, watched horror and seen the worst things that, you know, I don't wish on anyone, but it's not consistent. And I have, you know, when you're in that bout of watching all of those terrible things and being afraid to go to sleep at night, cause it's just more exhausting than anything. Uh, you like I've asked for that part and I've asked the universe to say, you know, can I need a break? Like I need to just sleep. I need to not remember anything or I need to, I need something peaceful. Um, so I've, I've asked for that break and then I've battled with the idea of, am I not doing my job right? If I'm, if I'm trying to say, I don't want that gift, you know, because I still value the dreams as a gift but I've asked for a pardon. So I'm still, I'm still debating and still fighting with myself about how I feel about dreaming versus not dreaming, um, about clients and world events. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question directly, no, it's not every night. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want to answer or Uh, or just offer something? It's, it's, or coach me through it for the love of God. Sometimes I don't want to answer questions, Kelly, because <laughs> I think if I answer it, and the answer is that it's worse <laughs> that there it is every night, that you might think, "Oh shit, I don't want to become like that." Well, and this is the debate, right? Because yeah. I've, I've watched you for many more years um, going through this, and it's there's a part of me that thinks I don't want that for myself. Mm-hmm. However, there's this part of me, and I and hopefully this doesn't come off the right the, the wrong way, but there's part of me that goes does this mean she's better than me? Mm. Am I doing something wrong that she's getting it every night and I'm not? And I, and that's where I say like, I don't know which is worse. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. It's hard not to judge that yeah. because I think a lot of people, and I could be wrong. We could get feedback and it could be the very opposite. Some people might hear this and think, well, if, if Karen gets it more frequently, she must be the better one. So I'm booking my appointment with her. No. Nope. Okay. And I'm just talking about yeah. a fear at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, that if it's not constant, if it's not how I live all the time, that people will see it as, well, she's not the better one of the two. Oh. Right? That's fair. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, and that's that's where I kind of sit as the human and go, well, ultimately, what do I want? I want breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nights where I don't dream. I, I, like, I don't remember the dreams when I wake up. I know I dreamt, but I, but I don't vividly remember everything. I have dreams are sometimes like prophetic dreams quite often um but I also see a lot before I go to bed that when I first lay down that's crazy busy mm-hmm. um f- and it wasn't that's gotten like that more and more in the last few years um I used to be able to go to bed drop my head and go right to sleep it's just it's changed but I think as anything is in life 
there's always more change. Mm -hmm. So are there some breaks with sleep? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Is it your turn to ask a question? Well, I don't know. You probably asked more than me. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm going to put a question on the table. Mm -hmm. And if you want to decline, I will respect that. Oh, okay. Would you be willing to talk about how the gifts have affected the dynamics of your family? Which family? Either. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Um, because if we're, if we're sitting here and being raw um, and talking about what it's like to live with these gifts, is that something that you want to touch on? Um, that is really hard. Okay, I will to a degree. How's that? Sure. Hmm. My mom asked me not to. Mm -hmm. If I go back to my to parents first, um, when I told her I had these gifts, she didn't want me to. And I think I understand now why versus when I first told her that and I felt that she just wasn't supporting me. Because now that I've lived with these gifts for a good six years, minimum, 10, bigger, but really six heavy duty, um, I've seen how the public treat me. I've seen how friends treat me, how family members treat me, um, and how isolating it is. Um, not by my choice all the time, but by other people's responses to me that sometimes their own response just puts me in a place where I'm not welcome anymore. Mm -hmm. Where when I go into, into a, a, a friend's house, I'm not welcome. The spouse doesn't welcome me or the kids don't, or the couple doesn't anymore. Might have a great girlfriend who loves me, but if something's going on in their own life and she knows now she can't hide it from me, she doesn't want me around. So I get, what do you call that Kelly? Ghosting. Mm -hmm. So people ghost on me which for anyone who doesn't know it's just how you kind of slowly disappear stop yeah. responding yeah they just they just don't invite anymore don't return calls don't so you know you know what, what I mean um so I understand my mom's behavior in that and how she could see a bigger picture but also that it could come from other places because you know there's there's religion and other things that are behind that too um I don't know if that's a, a good enough answer to say that if it goes back to right down to that, am I being mothered anymore in certain ways? No, but that's okay because maybe it pushes you to individuate more and there are, some, there are good things that have come out of that then. Mm -hmm. Mothered by your own mother yeah. is what you mean? Yeah, but my mom also came back and asked for treatments. She came back and there were beautiful things that happened with that too. So there's both, there's both sides of it, right? Which... Which would be very confusing. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think some of the some challenges I've had with siblings. I've got eight, so I mean that's that's a big family, and and by today's standards, I've got some brothers and sisters that say they believe in this and and that access it, um, but that they sometimes don't really underneath that, um, and then I get to see that, so there's hurt in it. They might come for a treatment or say they believe it and ask me something and then turn around and don't value it and kind of disregard it. And mm -hmm. you see that they really don't believe in it. 
I think, can I pause for a moment? Mm -hmm. Because I I would for sure love for you to continue answering the question. Um, Because I just, I went through um, declining a a family member uh, a session. And, you know, they'd wanted to book one. And I said no, because for the very reasons that you were just talking about, they can come and say they value it. And if they turn around and they don't listen to the messages and act on the messages that their soul or their guides are giving them, mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a unique relationship that we have that we're connected and see them on a, either a daily or a weekly basis. And we're checking in with them as humans, mm-hmm. as siblings, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see the inaction as devaluing the, the job that we do for them. Versus when we have a client who we are not attached to, where we don't have an attachment to the outcome of what they choose to do when they leave the session, mm-hmm. there, there's, well, just as I've said, it's a detachment of energy. Um, and we don't, you know, we never have to know whether or not there was real value in what we did from the client. Mm-hmm. So there's a different level of, of pain when, you know, what you're talking about occurs. Yeah, and I don't always mean that I'm angry or mad that they didn't listen to the message or value it. I don't mean it always in that way. I mean that they get hurt because they didn't value it. Right. I don't mean that. I hope people really heard that. I'm not sitting back judging them because they listened or they didn't listen. It's that I can, I'm watching what's happening as a result of if they didn't listen, mm-hmm. what's happening to them that's making their life harder. Yes, thank you. That's making their life more painful. That's making them sad, angry, depressed, um, suicidal, perhaps. Um, and that there is nothing I can do. But sometimes then their behavior after that, once they're sitting in that shit, and they know that the spirit world gave them the message through me, and now I heard that they don't want to see me anymore because they know they're staying in all of that pain. Exactly. There's they're they're looping in the in their in whatever it is that they're they're staying in, and they know I heard that there was a way out of it, and they chose not to take it. Yes. And now that they're staying in it and looping in it, and now complaining about it, victimizing themselves, they just don't want me around. Thank you. And so that was perfect. Okay. And so it's not about me judging them. It's all about them getting in their own head about that and then ghosting on me so that that's the isolation part. Mm -hmm. And there's no way for me to kind of come out of that. I feel I feel very stranded in that isolation in that I can't really approach them and say, I don't give a shit. It's a choice they end up making for both of us. Yes. Instead or both, sorry, both parties involved. Yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's part of the reason why, quite frankly, well, the universe hasn't given me a date, so I can't really say it's why I don't date. There just hasn't been any. But that there, if anyone says, why don't you date? Maybe subconsciously there's some level of fear about that whole thing. That as you meet somebody, are they going to do that? Or is their family going to treat me that way? So it's just kind of sitting back here when you know something and other people don't want to really believe that you know. So they're playing that peekaboo game. If I can't see you, you can't see me. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, but that doesn't really leave you in an adult relationship. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. That's good. Um, 
I'm going to continue to answer that a little bit, sure. but I won't, I, I, you know, as long as it's going back and forth, Kelly, I have siblings with MS too. And as a medical intuitive and empath, it's been a very big challenge mm-hmm. um, to go to family events or even to sit in my own home and think about a brother and sister that I love and to feel what they're going through and not let it destroy me. Mm-hmm. Even though I might not be able to call them that day and say, are you feeling okay today? Because I know, I know they're not. But that I can't be on that every second, every day with every single thing they're going through with MS or dementia or anything else or cancer. I've got siblings with cancer, all of those different things. So when you're a medical intuitive and you've got eight brothers and sisters with different ranges of problems with medical health, it's a challenge. One of the biggest challenges for me is the medical intuitive and empathic stuff is being able to get or to feel the different things that my siblings, children, their friends. There's, I mean, there's stories of Andrew's friends coming over with a broken thumb and me feeling and screaming, or not screaming, but being broken, in the yeah, wrist. broken wrist, me in the kitchen holding on to my wrist going, oh my God, oh my God, somebody's broken their wrist and Braden walks in with a cast on his wrist. Mm-hmm. Like, and then there's the, 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 where there's the believability part that, is also the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've got the, you're actually feeling it, you're actually living it, that there's a level right there of challenge. And then there's the other level of challenge of whether people believe or don't believe, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's lots. Okay. How about you? Um, can, can you ask the question? Well, I think you asked, what is it like? Or I can't remember. Is it was it what is it like for your for your family? Yeah, I just didn't know if you were asking me the exact same question like, or if you were picking a piece of it. No, I was trying to put the same question back at you so you could have a, a chance, but I just don't remember it word for word. Um, I don't think it's the same situation for me, mm. uh, and you know, nor would it be. But I've lost my family mm-hmm. uh, on both your side and dad's. Um, because of separation uh, in how you were treated from both sides of the family. And I recognize that some of the alienation has come because of the gifts, but a lot of it came because of the divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have chosen, I, maybe I shouldn't say I have lost my family, um, I have chosen to walk away from a lot of them because of how you were treated. Mm-hmm. And I, I know and I have heard um, how I have been talked about, uh, that people don't think I can think for myself, mm. that people still see me, not people, pardon me, uh, but family, uh, where they, for some reason, still see me as only the daughter or still the child, uh, which I guess I could find hilarious as a psych student and also as a life coaching um, student. And I mean funny, what the fuck, not funny, ha-ha. Um, but there's been alienation for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I very much see myself as an extension of you because I have gone into the same profession. And so it is what, what is done to you is done to me. And, and I think vice versa. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in that, but I don't, 
you know, I, I believe in options. I love options and choices in life, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel I was given one uh, in the way that things played out. Mm-hmm. I didn't see there being an option of, of still having those connections and having uh, the family exist. Because how, how can you be okay with a relationship with those people if they've treated someone so much like you the way they have? Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge lesson for lots of families. Mm. We, and you know, you abuse one person or one child, but not the other. And the one that's technically not been abused is supposed to still love you and still feel connected to you, which is very backwards. Um, So that's, that's what I've, I've done my best to come out of. Mm -hmm. And when you come out of that, that backwards training and the the backwards family units that is the only option is the isolation mm-hmm. until you move forward and are able to create again yeah and create and i know many people go through this the mm-hmm. where they have to create a, their own family unit mm-hmm. instead of an a, an existing one and i know that there are some families and cultures that don't believe that if it's blood it's family and mm-hmm. you, and and the rule is if it's family, it, it is what it is, and you have to tolerate, and you have to put up with it. But that tends to create a great atmosphere for abuse and bullying. Well, and it breeds generations of it. Yeah. So instead of actually dealing with it, mm-hmm. um, which is is which has integrity, which is what what I've been trying to live mm-hmm. in in every single relationship. But boy, when you're when you're when you're raised in a big family. And your father's family is a big family. That's a lot of people that are in a, in generations much older than you, fifties, yep. sixties, and seventies, and you and Andrew in twenties. So uh, any people listening to this might hear those generations, and the audience that's listening that are older might think, "Oh, I sure understand what Karen's talking about." And there might be a whole lot of people that can understand what you're talking about when mm-hmm. we're trying to break patterns in families. Mm-hmm. And that in order to be here on earth and to break those patterns, that you have to be willing to walk by yourself for a while. And this is what so many people can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, or because out of fear. Or, or just won't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that answer the question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Your mm-hmm. turn. My turn. Um, another question. Okay. Um, one more. One more. Okay. Uh, I don't know what to ask. Um, okay, I've got one. You're an energy healer, a medium, a medical intuitive, a psychic. You find missing people. Um, you dream walk. You're hiding. <laughs> Come back up. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Um, can you, I'm not going to put you on the spot and say which one do you like the most because that's just crazy. You just can't because it changes constantly. You fucking did that at the beginning of the show. Well, okay. <laughs> now I'm saying um, just in this moment, can you pick one little story or one moment that you've loved? Out of everything? Of channeling? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, oh, wait a minute. Let me re-ask it. Please. Let me be more specific. One moment as mom and daughter. One moment where something gels because we both have the same gifts. 
I think my head goes to the evening with medium events a lot because we have to sit down in the same room. And maybe because it's in front of people, maybe there is a wow factor for me too at some point where um, people witness it. Because I think a lot of people discovering their intuitive gifts have those I knew it moments, but you didn't vocalize it ahead of time and you feel silly saying to someone, mm-hmm. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And you you do wish that there was a witness prior prior to all of that occurring so they could go you know, celebrate with you. Um, and I think for me, that's what gets to happen in those nights uh, where we're in front of an audience and we're seeing the same thing and channeling the same thing. Uh, and I think the audience gets to see our excitement and our uh, joking frustration when the other person gets the message out first, <laughs> even though we've both seen the same thing. And you're like, damn it, I wanted to say it. Remember hemorrhoids? Oh, God. Yeah. Remember when we, were gas. The, when we were at the Hampton Inn? I think, was it me that wrote hemorrhoids down and you said it? I, I said I have them. And then we went into the room and there was something about... I have gentlemen in the room. And I yeah. said, oh, uh, I I have hemorrhoids. And you said, well, you were the one that said it. I wrote it down. Yeah. And all three of us were on the same page because he had hemorrhoids, but he didn't know what they were. Yeah. His bum was sore and bleeding, but he didn't know what it was called and wasn't going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And we screamed out, we have hemorrhoids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, it, Yeah, it's fun to laugh and everything, but I think it's just the feeling of being in sync. Oh, that's, that's it for me. Because it's like, yeah, there's there's still the wow factor. But at the same time, there's a sense of ease when you can see the same thing. There's a sense of, okay, I've got this. If she's doing it, then I'm okay. Um, yeah. I remember in one session, Kelly, I was looking at the top above your head. Mm-hmm. And I could see things flowing into the top of your head. And as I could see them, I was writing them down. And you'd say them. And I'd flip the board around and show the audience. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I had written down the things that you were going to say just before you said them for complete strangers. Yeah. So when you say it's in sync, that to, that to me is the stuff that's just that's the meat and potatoes, or mm-hmm. I don't, like the the blood and through the veins, or all these things. Brutal analogy. <laughs> okay, that that is the rhapsodic. Awe. Bursting forth of awe. She's quoting Jason Silva here. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think just the feeling of being in sync. Well, and you know what, Kelly? Let's go back to Jason Silver for a second. It is beyond the mundane. Mm-hmm. It is beyond the go to a job every day. It is, it is, it is the sparkle and the magic. It is the coincidence all day, every day, or for two hours nonstop mm-hmm. for the evenings. It is all of that, I would imagine, even when our friends are hanging around us and they're watching the two of us getting things mm-hmm. at the same time or where it's telepathically and we're we're just in sync all the time. Yeah, and I want to kind of also illustrate one where it looks out of sync because it's, it's, it is one of my favorite moments too and it's going to look or sound weird, I think. Um, it's happened a couple of times when we've been in our meetings with North Bay Computer Services where we're in the middle of a, a good discussion and ideas are flowing and, and being thrown back and forth. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I'll see you start rocking back and forth. And there, there's never, you know, we, don't, we never miss a beat uh, where I can see it and keep going with the conversation, put my foot on top of your foot, you know, very subtly without any, anyone knowing or put my hand on your back. And you have the freedom to continue being you mm-hmm. while I can continue the human meeting. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will say, is she okay? Is everything all right? And it's like, yep, she's good. I got her. She's got herself. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to continue until she comes back. Uh, we'll brief her when she's back. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, there is, it's the being able to nurture you where you allow me to. It's also knowing that you are safe in that moment because I know that you're so good at what you do. I don't have to worry that you're gone while you're doing your rocking and channeling. Um, and that you can come back and, and we can slip right back into the, the human part. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I like that you provide the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. I remember going to meetings in marketing companies before you came back from university in Ottawa, where I, when I went to some of the meetings and I would just start the rocking, I'd go out of my, and I'd go, Oh, 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 I'm out of my body. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, rem- I remember being at Clark marketing and Scott, running the meeting and saying are you okay so kind Mm -hmm. and I would be like yep yep I just I can't I'm not I'm not gonna be able to answer all your questions you got to give me a minute and then he would sit and wait Mm -hmm. and so patient in the middle of his day in the middle of a business meeting that this woman's doing something and then I'd say Scott you're gonna have electrical problems (laughs) in your new house or there's an issue with the plumbing. And he'd look at me and go, okay. And then later he'd come back and say, hey, you were right about the electrical issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so just under just like the patience of that, but that I didn't have that all the time in all meetings with all people. So um, the, the, as you feel, as, as I've grown to feel more and more, Kelly, the safe feeling mm-hmm. that comes when the two of us get to do those things together. Mm-hmm. The, the, as you say, being allowed to be ourselves. And I also know, and I'm so grateful that, that for this aspect of when you do live in a small city, that when enough people do hear these podcasts or see you as clients and know you as, as, as human beings and not scam artists, but as humans um, with gifts, that there are more and more of these people that are like Scott, that are kind. Mm-hmm. And that, I remember being out someplace in public. I can't remember where I was. I think I was out like at a restaurant or was at a big event somewhere. And something occurred at the event. And someone came right over to me and said, are you okay? Are you going to be okay? Knowing that because of these gifts that you feel it more intensely than other people. So, yeah, there's there's the the safe aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we ending it there? Yeah, I think so. That okay. should be good for today. Do you want to end it? Yeah. Okay. Um, if anybody has any questions or comments, you can please send them to info at bysarlo.com. Just a reminder that Kelly and I have Sips of Sanity podcast series as well on the website in in the know section. Um, and that we always look forward to Saturday mornings with you for Coffee with the Sarlos. <laughs>